Thank you for joining us on our Living Word Christian Center podcast. You're about to listen to one of our guest speakers. Open up your hearts and get ready to receive a word from the Lord. Amen. You may be seated this evening. What a blessing to be here this week. Amen. I've really enjoyed myself. I I love your pastor. I love all the men. It's just a great time. I love the ladies too, but I love the men. Amen. I'm going to ask if my wife would come and say something to you this evening, uh, just as we get started. DoorDash. (laughs) I don't even know what to say. This has been so good. I hope it's been revival for you. It's been revival for me. It's just been amazing. You know, we brought a couple with us from our church, uh, Ivan and Heather Valenzuela, and they uh, lead our worship and do our media. But uh, just as we've done in the past, we brought them along because we wanted to see what discipleship looked like. We wanted them to see what servants look like, what faithfulness looks like, what prayer sounds like and looks like. And this is the best place for there, you, you are your, a walking testimony, each and every one of you. You're being watched, not by just your family, but by the community and by the people that come in. And they learn here how to serve God and worship him and trust in him and believe in him. We had such a fabulous time at the women's meeting today. Any ladies, were you there today? I went to that altar and I left it there, I'm telling you, by the bucket. And it felt so good. And it was just, I just praise God for each and every one of you who are so faithful, who are servants here, who have stuck it out with this church, with your own churches. And I just believe God for your lives because I know that he's touched you and he's changed you and he's made a difference. And it's going to pass down to generation after generation because this is the start. So God bless you all. And I hope you learned something tonight. I love you all. Thank you. Amen. I got to say one more thing. I just—I mean, the sound and everything here is just spectacular. But we got to say something about old Raul. Huh? That brother can break it out, man. How many of you know that brother can sing? <laughs> I remember when he first started, he was kind of quiet in the back, playing his guitar. Now, watch out, brother. He came out. He came out. Raul is doing great. We thank God for great worship leaders like that. Amen. That really, really help us with the Lord. Amen. Well, I, I preached a series recently in my church, and uh, it just was a lot, okay? And I'm going to try to condense and hit some of the highlights tonight and just try to uh, stir you up. And I know what I'm going to say this evening can be controversial, and I know that people have a lot of different opinions about these things. Um, so let me just start off by a little a disclaimer, if you will, okay? There, there are essential doctrines in the Bible, things that just have to be like Jesus Christ is the Lord, Okay? that he died for your sins. Those are essential doctrines. Then there's non-essential doctrines. It, it, really, it really doesn't matter, okay? So, so if, you, if we have the essential doctrines, like um, that, that he was virgin birth, that he died for our sins, that his blood atonement was happened for us on the cross, as long as we have that, I'm okay, okay? Some of the other stuff, it, it, it's non-essential. It, does, it doesn't really matter what you believe so much about this or about that. Uh, I can love you. Amen. Even if you believe it's okay to sacrifice things to the devil. I can love you. Doesn't mean I'm going to get along with you and fellowship with you and hang out with you and go running around with you. But I can love you. Okay. But when it comes to essential doctrines, that's what links our hearts together. That's what, that's what makes us Christians and who we are. And so tonight I'm going to talk some things that are essential and some things that are not so essential. Okay. And so... Uh, when it comes to eschatology, that, that's, that's a big word for the study of the end times, it's um, important that we understand that there's things that I'll say tonight that we don't want to break fellowship over. If you don't want to believe certain things, then don't believe them, okay? It, uh, but but just, just believe that Jesus Christ is the Lord, Amen. that he died for your sins, okay? Just believe those essential things, okay? So let me just say this. I've been studying these things uh, as well as Pastor Reuben for uh, over 40 years now. And I believe what the scripture says. So some of the things I'll talk about tonight 
are straight from Scripture. And when they're straight from Scripture, whether I like it, you like it, anybody likes it, it doesn't matter. The Scripture is authoritative, and I'm concise with it. I'm just going to say it's what the Bible says, sorry. Okay? Other things, when they're in my opinion, I'll say to you during this message, ah, this is my opinion. And you can, you can throw that away if you want, but don't throw the Scripture away. Amen? The purpose of prophecy uh, in the church today is to encourage us and to warn uh, I won't call them sinners. I'll call them pre-believers. Okay, they're going to get saved. I believe it. So a third of the Bible is about prophecy. And yet a lot of times preachers don't spend any time there. And sometimes I think we really need to. So I want to talk to you tonight about the end times a little bit. And I want to talk to you about what's currently going on in our world. And I want to discuss some things that we might see happening uh, right now around us. I'm going to show you some different things tonight. And I want to start with Armageddon. Okay, we just, I mean, let's just jump in. Okay, let's just go for it. So, so um, uh, this is more of a teaching. I know that this is a crowd, Friday night crowd, and that you've come hungry for God. So, so I want to just try to help you with some highlights and to stir your heart that we really are living in the last days. And we need to reach our families and friends now. Amen. Amen. Okay, this is God speaking in the first person. It's Joel chapter 3. I'm not sure if we're going to be able to get everything on that screen. Right. Let's see what it looks like. Ah, it's not too bad. Joel chapter 3, verses 1 through 2. says, For behold, in those days and at that time, when I bring back the captives of Judah and Jerusalem, I will also... Now notice who's doing this. God speaking. God says, I'm going to gather all nations, and I'll bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat. And I will enter into judgment with them there on account of my people, on account of Israel. My heritage, Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations. They have also divided up my land. So first of all, I want you to notice when it comes to the end times, God is the initiator. It's not the devil, it's God. I know a lot of times we think the devil's causing a lot of things, but God is initiating this thing. God is behind it. He says, I'm going to draw them down. I'm going to bring them out. And, and all the nations of the world, I'm going to bring them out because they, you, you scattered my people, Israel, all over the world. So now I'm going to call you out. And he's speaking about the end times here and telling them what they did. Now I want to show you a picture of a book. Uh, let's get this next screen up if we can. Hello, there it is. Okay, eye to eye. This book is by William Koenig, and it's, it's a, just a secular book, but I want you to see this book, so if you are interested, it's a, it's a kind of a dictionary. It's not fun to read, but let me tell you what it's about. There are 126 specific examples in this book of when our nation, or the UN, tried to divide Israel and split the land. In other words, half to Israel, half to Palestine, half of Jerusalem one way, and half the other way. And as, as soon as we did that, 126 exact dates in that book, the moment we did that, within the next day or so, God brought down a national disaster upon our country. Okay? You, you, can't, you can't deny it. Last December, Biden's administration was trying to force Israel to stop building settlements in East Jerusalem. And the moment they said it, they got up and they, they pronounced it in the world, in the UN. And when they said that, a 200-mile-wide tornado ripped through America, four states, and basically wiped out Kentucky. It really hit Kentucky hard. You probably remember that on the news. It directly coincided with Biden administration trying to force Israel to divide Jerusalem. So there's all through this book are reading, uh, are, are record-setting catastrophes or events that are to the tune of billions, over $100 billion of damage to our nation directly after somebody in our nation's leadership makes a comment about dividing Israel because God says, if you scatter my people, I'm going to scatter you. Amen. And so, President, I'm, I'm just going to name him tonight. You, you, this is, you know, President H.W. Bush. President Bill Clinton, President George W. Bush, and Barack Obama have all pressured and called on Israel to divide the covenant land. The United States, along with the UN, which means a lot of other nations, and the EU, European nations, do not have the authority to divide God's covenant land. They do not have that authority. 
So here's what God says. He says in Zechariah 12, verse 3, And it shall happen in that day that I will make Jerusalem a very heavy stone for all peoples. All who would heave it away will surely be cut in pieces, though all nations of the earth are gathered against it. So here's what he's saying. I don't care what you try to scatter my nation, you try to tear my city apart. Jerusalem's the only city that God himself founded. I don't know if you know that. It's a city of peace. God founded that city. God says, when you mess with that city, I'm coming down. We're talking a little bit now about Armageddon. Armageddon is about Israel, yes, but it's more about Jerusalem. The trigger in the world today is Jerusalem. Jerusalem is that city that God said is my city, and when you try to mess with it, I'm going to come against you. I'll gather you and come against you. Now, I want to show you an article uh, from 365 News. Oh, you're behind me, guys. You missed the scripture. We must jump to this next article. There we go. That's from Israel 365 News. This is where Biden and the State Department sidestepped, and they said to Israel, we're going to open a consulate in Palestine, and we're not asking for, your, uh, for Palestine in Jerusalem, and we're not asking for your permission. So our nation said to Israel, we don't care what you say. We're going into the other side of Israel, the, the side of Jerusalem, this Palestinian side, and we're going to put a consulate there. And they totally just disrespected Israel when they did that. Um, uh, they did not ask for that. They did not want it. I want to read an excerpt of it, exactly what they said, right out of these articles. Biden has made the Palestinian Affairs Unit independent once again. If it is moved to its former location in Jerusalem, it will operate, uh, operate once again as an embassy to the Palestinian Authority from inside Jerusalem. The Israeli government strongly opposes this plan. This would be a unilateral move by the Biden administration to implement, implement that aspect of the two, listen to these words, two-state solution without the consent of the Israeli government. So they're saying we want two states within Jerusalem. We want half of it to be Palestinian and governed by the Palestinians and have its own embassy. Half of it can be Israel. So they're trying to divide the city. They're trying to divide the nation. That's what the two nation, that's what the two state solution is all about. And what I'm trying to say to you right now, there's a fight brewing. There's a fight brewing, okay? America has openly declared that we want a two state solution. So has the UN. And so has the EU. The book Eye to Eye that I just showed you up there, it tells you all the consequences of just our nation 126 times since 2020, okay? That's not that long ago. 126 direct assaults against our nation, national disasters the moment our people say something. The two-state solution means that they're going to go back to pre-1967 boundaries in Israel. So let me try to help you to understand. I know that this is, sounds like news, but I want you to catch it. That means 200,000 Jews are going to lose their homes in East Jerusalem. So that means like going into the neighborhood and telling everybody in there, okay, Rukas, you're out. 200,000 people. That's a lot of people, okay? They said you're going to move out. And that means that from the West Bank, if they pull this off, 400,000 Jews will lose their home in the West Bank. And the Golan Heights will go back to Syria. But the Golan Heights were part of the land that God gave to Abraham when he walked on the land. So now you're fighting against the Jewish religion. You're fighting against the Jewish people. You're fighting against Israel altogether. And they're wanting to go back to the pre-1967 war boundaries. And I want to say to you tonight, Israel will never accept that. They're not going to allow over a half a million of their people to just be taken out of their homes and thrown away. So let me show you another article. Watch this next article. Um, I'm waiting on that. There we go. That's Again, I want, to I want you to see this is from Israel. This is from their news. That's them saying it, okay? So right here, the Jews of Judea Samaria vow that there's going to be 10 new Jewish settlements during Biden's last visit to Israel. So Biden said, I'm coming to Israel. I'm going to establish this embassy where I want to establish it. And I don't care what you say. And I'm not asking for your permission to come to Israel. I'm coming. And so the Jewish people said, okay, when you come, we're going to do this for you. We're going to build 10 new cities the day you get here on the land you say that you can do. 
That's what they, I'm telling you, it's right out of the article. So they say, come on over, Mr. President. We're going to start 10 new cities. And, the, and let me read you one paragraph. It says, leaders of pro-Israel groups in Judea and Samaria announced their plans to establish 10 new communities while U.S. President Joe Biden is in Israel in July. And they want to build 9,000 homes the day he comes. They're going to start 9,000 homes. In other words, you're not going to do that on our land, dude. Right? Okay, so, so I'm saying, I'm trying to show you, this is a real battle starting to happen. Our nation, who's always been along with Israel, is now bucking against the system and bucking against God's word. They're coming against the covenants of God. Biden says, here's what his, his words, I'm, I'm just quoting to you. He says, we don't recognize that East Jerusalem belongs to you. We are going to put a Palestinian consulate there, and I'm going to visit there without you giving me permission. In other words, I'm going to fly in. I don't care about no visa, no passport. I'm coming, and I got a whole military behind me. I'm coming. They said, all right, we're going to let you land, but the day you do, we start 9,000 homes in the land that you think belongs to you. And so I'm telling you, there's a fight. There's something that's beginning to happen. And Biden then says, if you do that, I'm going to tell you to stop building your settlements. And they say, we don't care. And the day he said to them, you're going to have to stop building your settlements, tornadoes hit our land December of 2021 and wiped out all kinds of places in America. The day he said it. Okay, so I'm trying to show you something. Here's a United Nations release. Let me show you right out of the United Nations. That comes from them, okay? It says the two-state solution remains the only path to ensuring that Palestinians and Israelis can both realize their legitimate aspirations, living side-by-side side in peace and security, based on the 1967 borders and with Israel, Jerusalem as the capital of both Palestine and Israel. That's what the UN is saying. That's not, that's the UN. Can I say this to you? War is coming. War is coming. Now let me read to you Zechariah 14, verse 1. Now we're back to the word of God. It says, behold, the day of the Lord is coming, and your spoil will be divided in your midst. For I will gather all nations to battle against Jerusalem. The cities shall be taken. The houses rifled. And the women ravished. Half of the city shall go into captivity, but the remnant of the people shall not be cut off from the city. Are you with me? Okay. Now watch what it says. Then the Lord will go forth and fight against those nations as he fights in the day of battle. And in that day, his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives, which faces Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives shall be split in two from east to west. And by the way, I've been to Israel recently, and you can see the, the earth starting to crack there. It's crazy. Okay. Making a very large valley, half of the mountain shall move towards the north, and half of it shall move towards the south. And then it says, then you shall flee through my mountain valley, for the mountain valley shall reach to Azal. Yes, you shall flee as you fled from the earthquake in the days of Uzziah, king of Judah. Thus the Lord my God will come. And all the saints with him. Okay, so here, here's what I'm talking about. This is also, that passage is also seen in Revelation 19. And it says that this, the mountain is going to split. Jesus Christ is going to come with 10,000s of his saints. Amen. I hope I'm there. You guys don't want me to be there? What's wrong with you? Hey, Green. I'm going to be there. Amen. I hope you're there. <laughs> <laughs> Got quiet in the house. Jesus is going to be on a big white stallion. I just uh, shat the pony. <laughs> I want to be there, man. It's going to be awesome. He says he's going to come. That mountain's going to split. He's going to land and go right through the east gate. So that actually happens after the marriage supper of the lamb. The marriage supper of the lamb lasts seven years, okay, in, in heaven. I'll, I'll talk about that in a minute. All the armies of the world are going to be gathered in that region, okay, now, who are these nations? Because God says, I'm going I'm to draw you out, and I'm going to smite you, and then I'm going to crack that earth open, and I'm bringing my son back. But here's what he says. Who are these nations? Ezekiel 38. This is, a, a, is really a prophecy against a man, and his name, the man's name is Gog. We'll talk about that in a minute. 
It's one of the clearest prophecies in the entire Bible about the Gog-Magog war. Let's read Ezekiel 38.1. Now the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, set your face against Gog of the land of Magog, the prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal, and prophesy against him and say, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against you, O Gog, the prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal. Let me stop for a minute. That means Russia, Moscow, and Tubal. I'm against you. The leader is Gog of the land of Russia, Moscow, and Tubal. He says, I will turn you around, put hooks into your jaws, and lead you out with your army, horses and horsemen, all splendidly clothed, a great company with bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords. So God says, I'm going to hook you and draw you. Now watch what he says. Here he starts naming the nations. Persia, Ethiopia, which is Dan, and Libya are with them, all of them with shield and helmet. Gomer, which is Germany, and all of its troops, the house of Togomar, which is Turkey, from the far north and all of its troops, Many people are with you. So here's what it says. Let me, let me go over this with you. He says, first of all, Gog is going to be, this man is going to be the leader of all of these groups. This man is the leader of Russia. That's who he is. He's Gog of Magog of Russia. Iran is Persia. Turkey is Togomar. Gomer is Germany. Libya and Sudan are Northern Africa or possibly Ethiopia. And these are all Muslim nations except for Russia. Russia is somehow at this point in charge. Maybe they're going to shift to Muslim. This is my opinion. I don't know how they're going to get there. All I know is he is the leader of Russia is going to be the leader of this group. And all of these nations are going to align with him. Iran, Turkey, Germany, Germany, Sudan, uh, Ethiopia. They're all going to align with this man. So the question is today, do you think the leader of Russia would use nuclear weapons? Do you think Vladimir Putin will push a button? He already said he would. He said, I'm not going to lose this war in Ukraine. I'll push the button. Okay, so I'm just telling you, we are close. We are close. It's happening. God says, I'm going to put a hook in your jaws. A hook is something like you use against a donkey that's stubborn. In other words, he said, I'm going to turn you around. So somehow... Russia and these countries are starting down. They shift up and they act like they're going to change their mind, but God hooks them and God draws them into the battle like a stubborn animal. I want you to hear this. It's not their decision. It's God's. God says, I'm going to do this. Now, remember this, okay? You got to remember this because when you're watching news, you're going to start to get mad at China, get mad at Iran, get mad at all these, and they're all doing stuff that's not so cool. But in the end, God's the one that's initiating all this. God's the one putting the hook in. God says, I'm going to draw you out. God says, I'm going to fight you. And they, all of those nations that I just listed, all of them hate Israel. They hate Israel, okay? And, and, and they, can, they want to, all of them want to control Israel. So, so this is very important. I want you to understand this. Russia, Turkey, Syria, and Iran, at this very moment, right here where we're sitting in this room, are amassing troops on Israel's northern border. We're talking to the tune of hundreds of thousands of tanks. You don't hear that on the news. Okay, nobody's talking about it, okay? This is all while the Ukraine war is going on. Everybody's looking at the Ukraine war, and they're amassing troops on the northern borders of Israel right now. The world is not paying any attention to this. Let me show you a picture. Go to this next picture if you would. Hello. There it is. There it is. That's the northern border. They're amassing their Israel. This is Israel today. They're amassing their, their tanks and things there. Now, here's what Russia did. It's just really strange. I don't understand this. this I, I really don't. When they went to Ukraine, they took all of their tanks and they painted a Z on the side of them. They also put a Z on their, their leaders' patches here and a Z on their helmets. Now, if you see up there, it's talking about the Z symbol has been spotted. So what's happened is that all these tanks that are supposed to be going into Ukraine, the whole world is thinking they're going to Ukraine, are all lining up on the northern borders of Israel. Nowhere close to Ukraine. There they are with the Z symbol on them, supposed to be in Ukraine, and they're instead they're, in the, they're up on the Syrian side of the Golan Heights, 
on the, in the northern borders of Israel, just on the Syrian side, okay? They're not in Ukraine. They're in the territory of the snowy Mount Hermon. That's Mount Hermon that you see in the picture on the Syrian side of the Golan Heights. And there's, they're all there. Turkey, Iran, Russia, and, and all of them are sitting right there right now with hundreds of thousands of people, military troops. Nobody talks about that, but there they are. They, I, listen, I never thought that I would see all this stuff in my lifetime. I really didn't. I figured my grandkids would have to deal with it, but here I am dealing with it. Amen. Okay, so there they are. Iran is going to be the provocator. That's what the Bible teaches, okay? That Iran will, will somehow, uh, Russia's going to be the leader, but Iran's like the instigator. Okay, so it's like, I'm just making this up. It's like Pastor Ruben's the leader, but Edgy hits the button first. Hey! <laughs> Iran is that guy. And so Iran has what is called a nuclear program. And they've been censored by the Atomic International Agency for non-compliance, meaning that they're not supposed to be doing what they're doing, Iran. They're building a nu nuclear bomb, and they're not supposed to be. In response, when the nations of the world said to them, hey, you got to stop this, what they did is they went in and unplugged all of their cameras. And they unplugged all the things, and they put security around so nobody can now watch or see what they're doing. So last summer... 2021, Benny Gantz, who is the defense minister of Israel, said they were only weeks away, talking about Iran, they're only weeks away from having nuclear capabilities. This was last summer. The IAEA said this in 2022, that's the atomic, excuse me, that's the International Atomic Energy Agency says, they're, they're not weeks away, they've got it. Okay, that's what they're saying. They've crossed the line they're at critical red right now. We believe they have the nuclear weapon. Now, Israel, in response to that, did what's called the chariots of fire drill. Let me show you this. Put up that next screen. This is the chariots of fire drill out of Jerusalem Post. Here's what that was. For one month long, just we're talking just a couple months ago, one month long, Israel took all of their military, all of their army, and they began a drill against Iran. A fake, it wasn't a fake drill. They were, they were flying in. Saudi Arabia has been an enemy of Israel for years, but they hate Iran for, because they're, they're, they're religious fights. There's some religious fights between the two. And so they allowed Israel to fly across their territory and come in like they were going to bomb Iran. They brought all their ships, all of their stuff, and for one month long, every department of the Israeli military did this drill. The idea is we're going to bomb Iran. If they come up with a nuclear weapon, we're taking them out. We know that the moment that they do that, that China, Russia, Iran, and all these nations are going to come against us. So they also ran defense, how we will defend our nation when we attack Iran. For one month, they drilled on this. One month long. Israel then, at the same time that they were drilling, flew over to Damascus and bombed the Damascus airport. Why? Because the, Iran is flying all these things needed to build bombs into Damascus and then sneaking them into Iran. Let me show you that. There you go. They bombed D D Damascus. Okay? So, so they bombed that airport because they're not going to allow them to build this bomb, which some people say they already have. They say if you come out, and, and we find out you have it, we're at war. We're coming against you. Listen, I'm telling you, war's coming. Are you guys all right? Okay. Let me show you what the, let me show you this. Look at this. Now this here is Israel's prime minister. And here's what he says. He says the only way to prevent Iran from getting nuclear weapons is to put a credible military threat on the table. In other words, he's saying, if we find out they got it, we're bombing them. We're coming with all the forces we have. I ended up on an airplane one day sitting next to a guy. And he, he asked me what I do for a living. And I told him I was a pastor. And he's a padre. He immediately starts confessing. <laughs> it's kind of fun. <laughs> I just play along. <laughs> what else did you do? <laughs> kind of fun. Anyway. The guy is the guy that actually sells the Apache helicopters for our government to other governments. Okay? And he was going to sell four Apache helicopters that day, two to Egypt, one to, uh, I forget, I want to say Kuwait, 
and one to Israel. And he said, the crazy thing is, he says, that they, they'll fight in the room, so he stops them from arguing. And he says, the truth is, when I give them to Egypt, and these guys, he said, they can't fly. He said, them dudes, I don't care what I give them, they're going to crash it. He said, but when we give it to Israel, we go a year later, and whatever we've given them, they've improved the technology. Their pilots are so much better than anybody else's, including ours. It's amazing. God has put his spirit on that country. Okay? And so this guy says, the only way we're going to do this is we're going to we're gonna have to stop them. So Russia and China, immediately when they found that out, when that prime minister said that, this all happened within just hours. Okay? I'm talking hours. I'm not talking months. China and Russia rise up and they, they say to the United States and to Israel, if you guys bomb Iran, there will be devastating consequences and we will come after you. Then Russia pipes up and says, we have a nuclear bomb that you don't know about and we can easily hit anywhere in the world without you being able to defend us. Whether it's true or not, I don't know, but that's what Gog said. I'm just re I'm telling you what the papers are saying, okay? That this is out of their countries. So when that all happened, Israel continued their chariots of fire exercise. They did it for defense because they know, listen to me carefully, it, there's a lot of articles on this, that Hamas, Hezbollah, Islamic Jihad, uh, along with Iran, Russia, and China, they know the moment this happens, they're going to get attacked by those nations. They know that. So here's what the world leaders are not paying attention to, Okay. The Iranians have a different worldview than most everybody else. There's is different. What I mean by that, they have an eschatology, an end-time religious view of what's going on. The Allah has called, believes he's called by God, Allah, that, 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 to destroy Israel. And that they're supposed to destroy Israel and usher in the end times. So they don't believe that it's all going to come down, that Allah is going to set himself up or whatever until they attack Israel. So they are full in their hearts, religious hearts, wanting to attack Israel. Israel says the moment you build that, that bomb, we're attacking you. So the bottom line, everybody's determined to attack everybody. Are you hearing what I'm saying? They will not allow all this. I'm trying to show you that it's crazy. And yet in the middle of all this, God vowed twice in the Bible, twice. God vowed to destroy Iran. Bummer if you live in Iran. Twice. Especially if you live in Elam. I'm going to show you this, okay? Listen to Jeremiah 49, 34. The word of the Lord that came to Jeremiah the prophet against who? Elam. In the beginning of the reign of Zechariah, king of Judah, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Behold, I will. That's a strong word, I will. Break the bow of Elam and foremost of their might. Against Elam, I will bring the four winds from the four quarters of heaven and scatter them towards all those winds. There shall be no nations where the outcast of Elam will not go. Now, I'm going to scatter them all over the world. For I will cause Elam to be dismayed before their enemies and before those who seek their life. I will bring disaster upon them. My fierce anger, says the Lord. And I will send the sword after them until I have consumed them. And I will set my throne in Elam. And I will destroy from there the king and the princes, says the Lord. But it shall come to pass in the latter days or in the last times. I will bring back the captives of Elam, says the Lord. Okay, this is an end time prophecy. And seven times God says, I will. Seven is a number of perfection. It's a number of God's sovereignty. It's a number of power. And God says seven times, I'm coming after Elam. Can I tell you, he's coming after Elam. <laughs> Let me show you where Elam's at on the map. Let's look at this for a minute. You got the next map? Okay, now first of all, there's Iran over there. Can you guys see that? Okay, so you can see where Israel's at. It's that little teeny thing over there. They flew across Saudi Arabia and up into Iran. Now let's go to the next, the next one. That edge of Iran is Elam. And right there in the bottom, in the middle of that, is the Bushur nuclear plant where they're building the nuclear weapons. Okay? So you can see where Elam's at. It's along that edge right there. Okay? So, so in 1935, Persia changed their name to Iran. Elam is that coastal region along there. And, and those territories, Elam and, and, and Persia or Iran, are called together. They're called Tehran. And so... 
that, that plant right there is what they're practicing flying across the Persian Gulf, flying across all of that, and they're practicing runs against Elam. That's where they're going. That's where they're happening. Now, that's all according to Scripture, but I don't know if they know that or not, but it's there. Okay, so they're, they're, I want to stop and do a disclaimer here. There are a lot of good Iranian folks. Amen. Somebody say amen. Amen. They, they're, they're, they're good people. They're Persian folks that God loves them. And right now, one of the greatest moves of God happening in the earth is happening right there. God is moving by his power. Let's look at this next little thing I'll just show you. CBN, you can find Go online and look at all. There's all kinds of Iranian people and Syrian refugees right now are having full-on manifestations of Jesus Christ walking into their rooms. And they're converting to Jesus by the millions right now. This is super exciting. It really is, okay? You, you can kick every evangelist out, but you can't kick out Jesus. Amen. He's walking into their rooms. They're converting by the masses. And God says, I'm going to scatter them all over the place. Then I'm going to draw back those that gave their hearts to me. That's what he said. Amen. This was written hundreds of years ago, thousands of years ago. So I want you to catch this. And, and I want to say to you today that people of Iran are caught in a political system they didn't ask for, just like you and I in a lot of ways. Okay, they didn't ask for this. I believe their political leaders are literally demon-inspired. I believe there's a spirit. I actually believe, if I, I don't want to get into it tonight, but the spirit that was in Alexander the Great is a leopard spirit. It's in the Bible. And I believe that same spirit has got into some of their leaders, Okay. And they, they're not going to stop. They're driven by a spirit. They, they're going to attack. Their whole motive is to kill uh, uh, Israel. They're going after it. And, and these evil spirits are there. And I want to say again to you, war is coming. And when it gets here, Israel, Israel is going to bomb Elam. Israel's going to go after it. I don't know how God's going to, God says he'll bring the four winds. Who knows what that is, but I know I don't want to be there. Because when he gets done with the wind, they're all over the world. That's a, that's a tornado, my friend. So people ask me, well, Pastor Ray, you're saying that Gog and all these nations are going to join together. They're going to come down right through Ukraine. Why would they want Ukraine? Because that's the pathway straight to Israel. Okay? They're going to come right down through there. He's going to suck them in. But in the meantime, Iran over on the side over there is going to assault they're the provocate. They're the ones that's going to push the button first. And so Israel's going to deflect, but they know the other guys are up there. They, got, they can see all their tanks on the northern borders. Okay, so they're, 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 they understand. Okay, so people say, well, when is all this going to happen? I just want to say this to you very, very soon. It says in Ezekiel 38 and 39 that it's going to take seven months to bury the dead. Seven months just to bury the dead. There is going to be massive death among Muslims and Jewish people. And anybody that attacked Israel is going to really be hurt. And then, it goes on, the Bible says, it will take seven years to just clean up the debris. Just, bloom, And it's going to take seven years to pick it up. I believe in that seven years, Brother Ray and Pastor Reuben, I'm not going to go any further. We're going to have some manna. We're going to be up in heaven at the marriage supper of the feast. We're going to be getting our little rewards. We're going to be enjoying ourselves. That's the same seven years. It takes seven years to clean up that mess that starts. I believe it starts at the same time the rapture starts. That's my, that, that's my opinion. Okay? But that's what I believe. Okay? So Gog and Magog will probably happen boom, boom, boom. I don't know exactly how fast those booms happen. But about that same time, I believe the rapture is going to come. And this is going to open the door at this moment, for the Antichrist to come along with a peace agreement to Israel and say, whoa, 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 calma, calma. <laughs> and he's going to bring peace. He's going to bring peace. He's going to come in right at the end of that devastation. He's going to have a, some, some, some wisdom from hell. Okay, it's from hell. And he's going to come in with this wisdom and somehow he's going to bring a peace to the entire, he's going to get it stopped. It's going to stop. And so right there, Revelation 6 is where tribulation starts. The first thing that happens in, 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 in Revelation, in the tribulation, uh, the first seal is broken, which is the Antichrist. It's a picture of him. He rides in on a white horse, the Antichrist. There's four horses 
that are listed there. He has a bow, but no arrows. No arrows. He has a bow. And he comes with the intention of making peace and presenting and posing himself as a Christ. He's the Antichrist, as a Christ. He poses this way. Okay? The second writer comes out. And the Bible says, he, this, we're talking about spiritual things here. He comes on a red horse, and he takes away the peace from the earth. At three and a half years, he comes and takes away the peace. The third rider comes in on a black horse, and the Bible says when he comes, it'll take a day's wages just to buy a handful of wheat. It'll take, it'll take uh, to get, to get a, a handful of barley, will take three days' wages. Okay? So what we're talking about here is famine. Can I tell you what? War brings famine. Go look at Ukraine today and see how the people are suffering and starving because war brings famine. And then the next, the fourth rider will be a pale horse or a green horse. And the Bible says one-fourth of mankind will die when he shows up. So here's what happens. You have all this explosion of bombs and attacking, which the world is ready for right now. Amen. The tanks are lined up. Nuclear plants are there. Everybody's warning. Israel's running a, a, a test right now. Everybody's, it's coming. It's, it's right there. As soon as that happens, here comes the Antichrist. Somehow he brings a peace treaty and the world buys in. As soon as the world buys in and he gets them under his little control, all of a sudden the peace gets taken away. The next thing you know, famine starts to sweep across the land. Waters turn into blood. People can't drink water. There's nothing to drink. There's no food. Horrible things happen. And mass death begins to happen everywhere. Mass death. All the time they're trying to clean up the, the debris. They're trying to clean up the dead. It's a mess. Amen. It's a bad scene. Now, I'm not saying that this is going to happen this year. I don't know the date, but I'm saying to you, it could. No, it really could. I didn't think that COVID could happen so fast, but it did. And just in a few months, the whole world's caught up in it. Okay? It's crazy how fast these things can happen. I really had no idea. But what I am saying to you today, and I'm, tr I'm trying to tell you this, it's very, very, very serious, and it's very bad. And if you've ever been an evangelist that wants to reach your loved ones, now is the time. Now is the time. Our nation right now is being socially reengineered. 1 Thessalonians 5, 4 says, But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that the day should overtake you as a thief. In other words, you should know. You should understand. I'm standing here in front of you tonight trying to tell you as a friend, as a, as a really smart gringo, <laughs> I'm trying to tell you, I've been 40 years looking at this, and all of a sudden it just opened. I mean, the things that we used to talk about, we, you know, it's going to happen one of these days, they're happening. Not they're happening, they've happened. It's on us right now. And we are in the birth pangs. It's getting stronger and stronger. Our youth have no, no idea. They're running around. They don't even know if they're a they or a we. And our military has become so, amen. Our military has become so weakened. Our nation, our leaders have no idea what's going on. They're over there speaking against Israel. Catastrophes are coming. And, and it's all right in your Bible. It's all right here. It says in 1 Thessalonians 2, 7, he who now restrains will do so until he's taken out of the way. He's speaking about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the only thing stopping this world from just going to pot right now. And it's the reason he's doing it because God the Father is going to decide when Jesus comes back. Nobody else gets to decide that. I don't know. You don't know. Okay. But he's restraining. And where's the Holy Spirit at? In the temple. It's in us. So he's, this is all going to be held to held down until we are taken out raptured once we're gone no holy spirit down here if you used to watch those old movies thief in the night dogs start attacking you <laughs> never mind that's for the old saints it was a scary movie man the dogs start biting you, everything because there's nothing to restrain nothing and people go crazy okay so at that moment Everything is going to go crazy in the earth. That's why the Antichrist's voice of peace is going to sound so good. But all that happens once the restrainer, which is the Holy Spirit that lives in us, is gone. Once we're raptured, the earth has no more restraints. No more restraints. That means people are going to be coming into your house, raping. It says it's going to be ravishing the women, stealing and plundering and taking everything. You're not going to be able to stop it. And all the Mormons that have been saving up food, all the people that are left know where they live. They're going to be over their house getting them some chow. Amen. And ain't nobody, no, police force ain't, ain't going to be stopping them. 
It's going to be crazy. It's going to be psycho in this world, okay? And all that, the Bible says, starts to release distress. It starts to release tribulation. It starts to release all of these things. And all of this, church, I'm, I'm, I'm almost done here. The Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action, which is the nuclear deal that we were supposed to be making. If you remember, President Obama was giving all these billions of dollars to Iran. Soon as President Trump came in, he stopped that deal. And now they're trying to get that deal back together. And they're almost there. I want to tell you something. There's no solution to this until God gets involved. Amen. And Jesus said there would be distress in the nations. There would be perplexity. Nobody would have answers. The leaders would be making idiot decisions. Uh, everything's going on. And how many of you know you can actually see that happening today? We was talking to a friend of mine just yesterday, Pastor Ruben and I, and he's talking about in Spain right now, in Spain, they're rushing into people's houses and seizing their homes and taking their homes from them. Yeah, in Spain, you think Spain's a nice little country over there, you know, and they're cool people, they speak, you know, Spanish. They're turning communist, my friend. And they're taking people's homes right now. They're doing the same in Ecuador. They're getting ready to get rid of the American dollar. They're going to the Chinese yen. When they do the whole nation, that means if you got money in the bank, it's gone. So everybody we was talking with, the people I was talking to are wealthy people. They own homes. They're trying to sell them as fast as they can. They all are trying to get out because it's turning into a Venezuela. We've just, with my wife and our church, they'll tell you, we're trying to help 400 refugees right now out of Venezuela. They're, they're legal. They, they, everything's there. They're, we're trying to help them. These things are happening in the nations of the world today. It's not like it's going to come down. It's coming down. Amen. There's global distress. Jesus said it's going to happen. So I'm not setting any dates, but it, this is my opinion. Look at this here. Let's go to the next one. I believe here's the timeline. There's going to be a Gog and Magog war. That means Russia is going to lead all those other nations into a war from the north. God's going to put a hook in them and drag them right through Ukraine, right down through Turkey, right into Israel. And then at the, about the same time, somewhere in there, the rapture of the church is going to happen. And we're out of here. Then the next thing that happens is a great tribulation breaks loose on the earth for seven years. At the same time, you and I are having dinner. We're receiving rewards for being faithful. Amen, some of us. <laughs> Amen. I'm just being honest. I'm, I'm preaching. I got to be honest. Uh, there's going to be a time of reward. It's called the Bema Seat of Christ. And then, and then it's going to go right after. I didn't put it up there, but I should have put it up there. We're going to move into a millennial reign where Christ comes. But right before, right in, let me just say it this way. The millennial reign is a thousand years where Christ comes and establishes himself back on earth. Okay. During that time, uh, somewhere in there, you and I are going to be reigning over the earth. We're going to be, so that means there's a lot of people that made it through that never got saved. They're still going to be having children. They're still going to be doing things, and we're going to be ruling and reigning in this world. After that thousand years, Satan's going to get loose. He's going to co convince a lot of those people to go to war against Jesus, which is the dumbest thing. I can't even imagine it, but they're going to do it, okay? And then God's going to get mad and throw Satan in the lake of fire. Okay, in there, there's a great right throne judgment, and there, it, that's a tough time. The Bible says, 1 Corinthians, you can read it. Go, go, go look it up. I'm not going to tell you the text. I'll let you look it up. What? Know ye not that you shall judge the world? That's what it says. That means, what that means, I'm not positive of, in my opinion, you're going to be there at that white throne judgment. And you're going to be standing there. And if you don't have to say, I condemn you, when Jesus says it, you're going to have to say, Amen. And so there walks your, your, your son, your daughter, your cousin, and you might have to say, Goodbye. You're going to judge the world. You don't think that's real? God had Moses and his family go through and kill 3,000 people in the Old Testament. They had to kill those of their own family. Read it. It's all in your Bible. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm telling you what's coming. It's coming. There's a great white throne judgment coming, and the, the people are going to be separated. Some are going to hell. Some are going to make it. And the Bible says the saints are going to judge the world. Now, I'm not sure, again, how that happens. I don't know if we're the ones that actually have to say, I condemn you to hell for the rest of your life. I don't know. All I know is we're going to have to agree with Jesus or we're on the wrong side. So I don't want to stand there that moment and have to look at somebody that I live next door to and I never told them about Jesus. 
I don't want to stand there and say, well, you know, I told them a bunch of times. They just gave me a bunch of excuses. Who cares? Press in. Because at that day, you want to look at them. They want to, they're going to look you right in the eye. I want them to know that I gave it my all to tell them about Jesus. That I lived a life that was conducive to understanding who Christ was. That I was truly a Christian and a light for Christ. Amen. So here's where I close, okay? Israel could really bomb today. Those tanks could roll tomorrow. They're all there. Everything's aligned. All the nations of the world that God said would be in the end time picture are now in the end time picture. They're positioned. They're ready. They all have the same hatred. They all have the same emotions. They're, they're, it's all ready to go. The Gog-Magog war could happen at any moment. They have a president, President Putin, who believes... Let me just step back. I'm going to share something with you, okay? I was in Sochi in the Olympics. I, I wasn't in the Olympics. They should have let me in. I was watching the Olympians. <laughs> and Putin says, Putin says, we're not letting any homosexuals come around here. Remember that? And the whole world got mad. And he said, okay, as soon as the Olympics are over, you got three days and every homosexual better be out of my country. Okay? Three days later, he had a thousand man troops going through Russia who, as far as I know, are still doing it. And if you get caught as a homosexual or lesbian, they kill you and your family. Why? Because he thinks he's the Orthodox, Russian Orthodox leader, just like uh, the Queen of England used to be the leader of the Church of England, who's now the King of England is leading the church. And by the way, they're taking out our Father which art in heaven. They're calling it our, our non-gendered parent. They're doing it. Yeah, that's what they're doing. The Church of England is changing everything. All their songs, all their poems, all their stuff's being rewritten. True. Okay, it, we live in a psycho world. It is a war against God. And God's not going to lose. Okay, I'm just telling you. So, so Putin, Putin has this, this religious side. He'll kill you, but, but it's, it's, it, if it's sexual or if it's perversion in his mind, you're going down. So everybody, we have, we have a bunch of refugees in Mexico that come from Ukraine and from Russia. And we thought that they would all be really tore up over the war. All of them want Russia to win, including the Ukrainians, which was shocking. What, what do you mean? Well, come to find out, Ukraine has no real army of their own. So if you remember when this thing happened, they were handing out guns. They were giving them to mercenaries. Mercenaries are just hired military people. So it's the mercenaries that are doing the battling. It's the mercenaries that are bombing their own people. It's the mercenaries that are ripping off the Ukrainians. It's not the Russians, because if a Russian got caught doing it, Putin would kill them. So it's their own army doing it to them. Oh, oh yeah, it's really twisted. It's really twisted. And so you got things going on in the world that the news doesn't talk about. Okay, it's happening they went in and got Crimea first because that's the oil. Now they're taking back the people who all, by the way, speak Russian, most all of them. And so they're looking forward to it. They actually want to be a part of it. It will pave the, pi the, the pathway for Germany to come. It will pave the pathway for R Russia to come. It'll pave the pathway for Turkey to come. They'll all come right down on top of Israel just like, guess what? The Bible said thousands of years ago. The Bible's never been wrong once. You've been wrong five times today. Just guessing, maybe more. <laughs> Amen. Trying to lighten this up just a little bit. It's coming. And the, the nations of the world are there. And you're going to be at a great white throne judgment. And you're going to watch all that go down. You're going to see Satan. You're going to look at Satan. The Bible says you're going to go, this is the one that caused all this? It's going to freak you out when you actually see him. It's going to blow your mind that he had that kind of an ability. It's going to blow your mind. It's so wild. I, there's so many things I, I just can't touch tonight. The Antichrist is going to get killed. And then there's a, 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 second, a prophet that rises up. He's, he's going to come up. He's a false prophet. And he's going to breathe life into him. And then he's going to create a statue that actually talks. With AI, that seems real. Oh, yeah, it's getting really weird now. That's all coming, and our world has the power to do that kind of stuff today. Everything's there, folks. So why did I preach this tonight? I preached it to put an urgency in your heart. Now is the time for evangelism.
Now is the time to invite people. I know they've said no. I know they've uh, give you the runaround. Don't quit. Not now. Now is the time to pray and engage heaven for your, your family. Now is the time to bombard heaven and say, God, I've got to see my kids saved. I've got to see my, my parents saved. I, I, I can't quit. I, I can't really imagine watching my family members go, go by and even if Jesus says you're condemned, and I have to say amen, I can't even fathom. Really, I can't. That's too much, man. That's heavy. But that's going to happen. It's coming. And so I'm telling you tonight, this is the time to live for God. The news, I know Trump has always said it's fake news and stuff, but it really is today just full of lies. You can't trust anything much much of what anybody's saying. I pulled these news articles from Israel's papers, from the actual papers, trying to get a more accurate picture. I actually have people we know in Israel in these places, and they're telling me that these things are, 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 are really happening. These things are, because I don't know, I'm living over here in Phoenix, you know, Flagstaff. I don't really know, but they're saying it's really happening. It's really there. Those are real photos. It's really going down. So all I know is the Bible said it was going to come down. The Bible said these exact nations are going to be there, and they're there. And God says, I'm going to draw them all together. I'm going to bring them into the same battlefield. I stood there with my wife, and we looked at Megiddo, the Valley of Megiddo. I mean, it's just as far. You can't believe how big it is. And the Bible says the blood is going to run to the horse's rein. That deep in that valley. That's <laughs> shocking. It's just, it's, un it's just shocking. It's coming. They're, they're flying drills right now. They're buying as many Apache helicopters as our nation will sell them. They're repairing them and building them and making them better than what we gave to them. During the 1967 war, when they were shooting their tanks, they shot so many bullets that in real life, if they just take a tank out, it would melt the barrels. But their barrels stayed up because God kept them there. And they won that war in just a few days. And the world's still ticked off and wanting to give back the land. Call it a two-state solution. Amen. It's, this war is coming. It's right on us. So stay saved. Amen. Amen. Stay saved. Encourage one another. <laughs> Encourage one another. If you, if you wasn't here last night, and I'm wrapping it up, but if you wasn't here last night, remember that your friends, your, the other people, are fighting spirits. Some of them are what we call bear spirits. They just keep repeating, hibernate, come back, hibernate, come back. Others are just spirits that steal their joy and their victory. Fight for one another right now. Fight for one another right now. Believe God for one another. When somebody goes down, don't kick them to the ground. Amen. Offer them some help. Amen. Have the right heart. People are making mistakes right now because there's all kinds of weird spirits out there. But we have a different spirit. We have the Holy Spirit. And we've got to stay close to the Holy Spirit. We've got to let him. The Bible says don't be feeling led. It says to be spirit led. And we're going to have to hear the spirit. And I have to admit to you, can I be honest for a moment? I think sometimes I've been more soulish led than spirit led. I go by my, my mind thinks, what I've learned, my memory, uh, you know, what I know. And I make, those th I make decisions from what I've experienced. I'm sorry. The Bible never told me to do that. The Bible said to listen to my spirit. But I can't listen to my spirit if I don't keep it in tune. So this is the time. Are you with me? Are you with me? This is the time, church. This is a time where we pray for our leadership. This is a time when the, the shifts made in leadership that we support. We don't start backbiting and undermining and uh, giving our opinion. Forget your opinion. Get in with what God's doing. Just get in with what God's doing. I, I, I can't answer for everything that God's doing, but I'm telling you, God's gonna, uh, we're going to move the pawns around and start bringing the bishops and the knights out. God's going to start moving the pieces and it's going to shift and your churches are going to shift and the leadership is going to shift and things are going to happen. It's okay. As long as it's spirit led and God's in it and it's not your spirit. It's God's spirit that leads. Not what you think is right, but what he thinks is right. And I know that none of us would agree with that. Let's have a bomb and let's blow everybody apart. And let's take four winds to blow our people all over the earth. But God said, that's what I'm going to do. And so you might as well get in on that game because that's what's happening. Amen. So I want you to bow your heads tonight. Father, I thank you for your word again tonight, Lord. We thank you that your word does not pull back, but it speaks truth. It speaks it with love. It speaks it with encouragement to help us to prepare ourselves 
to gather ourselves, to walk upright before you, to get things corrected in our own hearts, to repent, to get clean, to stir up the fire that's in us. Thank you, Lord, that you do that for us. Our heads are bowed, and I don't know everybody here. And can't.